Well, we started quite some time back a journey in the book of Ephesians. And today we'll have our last uh, message, regular message in that book. I do know some people like to know where we are going, and so I'll give you a little bit of a heads up. Uh, we're, of course, we're approaching um, Christmas time, and so we'll have some topical message about Christmas, and we have some special Sundays in December. We have a Christmas cantata with the choir and a drama team that will be involved, and so it's a great opportunity to invite somebody to come to that. We'll also have a Sunday with the uh, children's program, and that is a wonderful blessing and a great opportunity for you to invite people. I know when my kids have been in something, I will invite someone that doesn't attend church that's got a connection with them. And so be thinking now about that and even start to uh, pepper that into your conversations right now. And people are oftentimes open to coming to church um, at Christmas time and at Easter uh, where they might not normally come at a different time. We've been in Ephesians for quite a while, and we've been uh, very intentional about our trek through it, as it's easy to divide up and to understand it from a um, bird's eye view. Those first three chapters teach us, as followers of Jesus Christ, who we are, and that's on purpose, that God tells us first in this book who we are, and then the last three chapters, which we'll finish today, tell us how to live the Christian life. So many individuals uh, will try to live the Christian life, will try to go on their journey, not realizing exactly how much they have in Jesus Christ, not realizing the incredible price that God paid, the resources that he has given. And so if you go and do your own study of this book, um, beautifully, God has given us those first three chapters as a foundation, and then the last three, so practical, um, marriage, raising kids, uh, the workplace. Um, there are so many things in those last three chapters that are very, very practical. And I trust that today as we look into God's word, it will be very practical for you as well. I'd like to stop and ask us one more time to bow in prayer. Gracious Father, we would delight in your word. We would delight that we can open it on our own and take it in and and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to teach us and beautifully see what you want us to know. We also would delight that we can join together corporately now, that we can study uh, the last for the last time in our, in our series in this book. We thank you for it. We thank you that um, for the lessons that have come along the way, and there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit has been doing teaching very much different than what I had in mind, and we would ask for that involvement even right now, that the Holy Spirit would clearly be our teacher, that you would allow us to look into your word and to love you better because of our time spent in it. And I pray these things in, G in Jesus' name, amen. The world is full of different kinds of folks that have different gifts. If I were to ask you to put out a piece of paper and list on one side your gifts and your strengths, Maybe on the other side, your weaknesses, areas you need to improve on. You could make a list. We can break that down into different kinds of categories. And there are some things about ourselves that sometimes we just have to accept. I have come to the point in my life, I know there's no more hope in this specific area for me. I've come to realize that I am never going to be a trendsetter. I'm never going to be that. Specifically when it comes to the area of fashion, 
I have not been given any kind of foresight or ability. It's usually after something is in style for about five years that I will pick up and say, I think that looks pretty good. And even going beyond that, after it's out of style for about five years, that's when I actually stop wearing it or stop going through a process. Now, I am encouraged by the fact that some trends will repeat themselves. Have you noticed that? Are some of you guys hanging on to the really, really skinny ties from a few years ago, hoping that they will come back? Some of you ladies are hanging on to those extra cans of Aquanet hairspray, hoping the hair, the big hair, will come back. I love that time period. Don't do that because of me, because I'm not a good person to seek advice on that. I'm not a trendsetter. I'm not one that you would want to say, well, my wife is responsible for the way that I dress and I'm thankful to her for that. Even when it comes to the church, there are some trends that will come along. I'm not saying they're bad or they're good necessarily. God beautifully has given us his plan for the church and it started about 2,000 years ago. Do you think it looks different today? than it did when it first started? Oh boy, yes. And don't get overly concerned about that. I will hear people sometimes getting very, very excited. This isn't what it looked like 2,000 years ago. Well, nor did they have microwave ovens and, you know, nor did they have air conditioning. We have to very much so understand what God's word wants for us. One of the um, times in our membership class, we will focus in on the most important things, what changes and what doesn't. There are trends that will come along even with the church, but there are some things that will never go away. There are some things that God clearly has said, this needs to always be as a part of what is going on there, maybe even your heartbeat. Specifically, when it comes to the area of the Great Commission, and that's a Bible term there, the Great Commission that God has given us, we know that there are trends that will come and trends that will go. And it can be easy for us to get frustrated when we talk about something like evangelism. We can, get, we can get concerned with that. I was encouraged by a recent, some results of a recent survey that I saw, a survey taken in 2016. And I want to read you some of the results from that survey because they were a blessing to me. There were about 2,000 unchurched Americans that were surveyed by LifeWay and the Billy Graham Association for Evangelism. And here were some of the stats that came out of that in the area of sharing your faith. about 8 out of 10, say that it's okay if, quote, a friend of mine really values their faith, I don't mind them talking about it. 8 out of 10, if you're real about your faith, they don't mind you talking about that. Almost 6 in 10 say that it's important for them to find a deeper purpose in life. 57% are looking for a deeper purpose in life. Well, that goes right into this area of Jesus Christ and what we have found. Now, 3 out of 10, 29% wonder at least once a month whether they will go to heaven when they die. Isn't that interesting? 3 out of 10 of unchurched people will wonder monthly if they're going to go to heaven when they die. 
all that to bring us to our text. I want us to go ahead and turn to the last chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to cover the last uh, few verses today. I'm going to give you the main two points right off the bat, and then we're going to have some applications um, that come pretty early on in the message as well. And so Ephesians chapter 6, before I start reading in verse number 18, let me go ahead and bring up the first two points for you. Point number one, two main points that are right from the words of the Apostle Paul for us. Number one, I want to challenge us to pray for penetrating words to advance the gospel. We need to be praying for penetrating words to advance the gospel. Number two is this. Pray for courage to advance while the door is open. Pray for courage to advance while the door is open. All right, if you're taking notes, write those down quickly. And then I'm going to uh, start in verse number 18 of Ephesians chapter 6. I'll read 18 through 20 right now. Um, It says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end... Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's stop right there. When we look at the Apostle Paul, there is no arguing that many individuals have lifted him up on a pedestal. Now, we would not equate him to Jesus Christ, of course. Not, we would not equate him to God the Son. But there is no doubt that among heroes of the faith, the Apostle Paul would stand among the, the best of them. We have lifted him up in so many ways because we've learned so much from him. So many people have been encouraged by his writing as he gave us um, so much of the New Testament recorded for us. Paul stands on a pedestal for many as a hero, a giant among Christians. And I think one of the things that's appealing about it is his infirmities. And I'm not trash-talking Paul. Paul says that himself. If he's going to rejoice in anything, he rejoices in his shortcomings. And Paul had been through so much, he was no stranger to despairing of life itself. We find a great text in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 where he talks about this, where Paul writes, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. We need to understand as we come to the end of this book that the Apostle Paul, who penned this for the church at Ephesus, that he went through immense times of loneliness. Maybe you can understand that. The Apostle Paul had gone through times where he was afraid. 
And the Apostle Paul understood that he was not going to be able to make it without the prayers of his friends. Now, last time in our study in Ephesians, we focused in on prayer, praying at all times with all prayer, with all perseverance for all the saints. And then verse 19 continues that sentence, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, it says, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. So Paul understood the importance of prayer. These believers at these churches, that they were praying for him, and he would not trade that for anything. But it's key for us to highlight what his prayer request was. Did you catch what his prayer request was? Did you see it there? Now remember, he's locked up in jail. So if you're one of his supporters loving on him, maybe you came to Christ through his preaching or somebody else's preaching that he led to Christ, and you're praying for Paul and you know he's in jail, what might be one of your top prayer requests? God, get that old boy out of jail. We saw so many wonderful things going on when he was a missionary and when he traveled. And yet that's not Paul's prayer request. It's confusing for some of us. We need to remember what his prayer request was for. It focused on his opportunity where he was at to proclaim the gospel. That's what he asked for. A boldness to proclaim the gospel. You see, the Apostle Paul never bought into the idea that he had been given an out from sharing his faith. Just because his location had changed. And it makes sense too, doesn't it? It makes sense that now we're thinking, okay, well, that ship has sailed. He's no longer a church planter, no longer a missionary. This guy who would stand up and debate the best of the best, the other side debaters, he's never going to get another chance to do that again. And so perhaps his part in the Great Commission is over. That's not what we see from the Apostle Paul. Just because he's no longer traveling, preaching the gospel across different lands, he does not allow himself to have an out from his responsibility. All that's different is his approach needed to change. In verse number 20, we see that Paul views himself as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And that is a great title for you to give yourself, an ambassador for Jesus Christ. When we think of Paul and when we think of the wonderful things that he did, there is no doubt that we can apply some of these for ourselves. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, Paul writes, Pray for us also that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. This is one of the less than half dozen verses that I've come across in the past year that I've printed off and I've put in my workstation. I will challenge us sometimes. The best thing you can pray is to pray the Bible, Bible verses. And you can take Colossians 4.3 and pray that for yourself. Ask others to pray that a door of opportunity would be open to you. Now, when we study this, this short section here, it might take us back a little bit because, 
because Paul's asking for clarity in his words. When you think of the Apostle Paul, do you think of him as someone who is challenged in the area of being able to formulate a good argument? I, I don't. I think Paul was extremely intelligent. He was beautifully trained. God was using him with his specific talents in the place where he was at. And so why would he ask for clarity in his words? Well, I think the answer is this. It's not that he's nervous about being able to speak in a great way. What he's asking them for is they'll pray for words that will penetrate. The words that he says, who's going to be the audience? Sometimes a jailer. Sometimes one that's coming and visiting him. Sometimes one that was trying to do him harm as far as the attacks um, against um, what he was doing. And so he was asking for words that would penetrate. Now what might words that would penetrate sound like coming out of your mouth? That's what I asked myself this past week. What might it sound like? If you are praying, if you ask me, would you pray, Pastor, would you pray for me to have words that would penetrate for the gospel, what might that sound like? And I put down a few different uh, sentences that might sound like something you would say. And there's different categories here. Some might be words that you're saying to yourself. Some might be words that you're saying to someone close to you. Some might be words that you're saying to someone that's outside of the body of Christ. What might that sound like on your tongue? Well, here's a few of them. It might be a sentence that says um, something like this to an unsaved person. Would you mind if I pray for you and your sickness? You know, the area of prayer is an open door. And most people, even if they don't pray, they will be open to you praying for them. At a minimum, there's another person that they're connected with that is at least going to show some sympathy for their plight. And so you might go to someone and say, can I pray about that? And then pray about it. Last week, we focused in on that praying without ceasing. And so don't freak out. If you go and tell somebody, can I pray for you in this situation? I mean, unless you tell them you're going to do it, you don't have to put that on your daily list and pray for it every day for a year. As soon as you walk away from them, you can pray to God. And then maybe when you go by their workstation, or when you see a car that looks like their car, and God will bring it to mind, you can pray for them again. This might be what it sounds like for you to have penetrating words for the gospel. Of course, this is a lead-in to the gospel. It is my experience that everyone will eventually be asking those hard questions. Is there life after death? Do I have any purpose or value in this world? Why is there so much pain in this world? People will eventually get there and they're going to go to look for answers. They might go on the internet. They might ask someone in their family they're close with or they might say, you know, there was that individual who prayed for me. They clearly have some kind of a connection that's bigger than themselves with God. They might come to you. It might be something like this. You might, um, if you're praying for some kind of words that penetrate, it might sound like this. Hey, can I give you a booklet that will help you with the questions that you're facing? Maybe questions about pain in life. You know, when people go through pain, they need for somebody to listen to them. We made these available a few weeks ago, and they all got taken in one day. We didn't put enough of them out. So I have 
several of these. They're not a regular gospel track. It's called Seven Wonders, Life most Basics, Life's Most Basic Questions. They all got taken in the same day. They cost about a dollar each. They're free to you. If you want to uh, put a couple bucks in an envelope and write on their uh, gospel track, Seven Wonders, you can either way. But this is a booklet you can give to someone that answers questions like, why is life so unfair? Why do bad experiences happen to me? Seven key questions, and they all will lead us to the gospel, to Jesus Christ. So you might say something like, hey, can I give you a booklet that might help you with that struggle that you're having? It might sound like this. If you want penetrating words, it might be something like this. You might be talking to yourself, and you might say something like, you know, I'm going to sign up to work with that program at my church that teaches kids about Jesus. I have confidence that they're telling others about Jesus Christ and about salvation, and I'm going to sign up to be a part of that. That might be something that you'll whisper to yourself. There might be something uh, that you would say like this that would be penetrating words. Hey, would you be willing to come to a special event at my church? We're having a special activity in our gymnasium. And at that activity, you can get, your kids can get candy and play games, and we're going to give out the gospel for everybody that comes through the doors here. So you can invite somebody. That's as easy as it gets, right? You're asking people to get free candy and play games, you know? I mean, all the dentists in town are going to love you, right? This is so easy. And thankfully, we can have a church that partners with you, and we have opportunities like this. What else might it sound like if you're going to say some words that would be penetrating? You might say something to your wife or to your husband like this. You know, honey, I think we should use this unexpected money for missions. Praise God for the missions program that we can be a part of. And maybe God brought us this money our way so that we can pass it along. It can be used. Or maybe you have a missionary that's close to your heart. We even have several projects that you can get involved in and give towards. Just contact the office. Maybe you would say something like, I think we should use these monies to support missions. That might be some words that you would say that would be penetrating for the gospel. Perhaps you might say to somebody else, you know what, I can commit to give you a ride every week to church. I'd be happy to bring you along. So understand the Apostle Paul's words here. He's asking for clarity. He didn't have a hard time forming a sentence. He wanted to have words that would penetrate. And then there's a second part to his request. He asks for courage. Being in a place where the Holy Spirit can lead and then following through. Now, I'm going to suggest to you that many of you have had the Holy Spirit pulling you a certain way. Okay? There's been maybe someone you're talking to, they're going through a tough time. They've got questions about church or their family life their kids are a a train wreck and they want to talk about this there are so many open doors that possibly are there and maybe even the holy spirit is pulling you towards that but you have to be willing to go through that open door the apostle paul who so isn't it interesting these points Paul asked for clarity of speech. Well, that old boy didn't need much help forming a sentence, right? And then he asks for courage. Do you think of the Apostle Paul as a guy who could not stand up and be courageous for the cause of Jesus Christ? No. And yet he's asking for that as well. 
What's going on? Could it be, could it be, brothers and sisters, that the one who penned this book, that the one who started so many churches and has made such an impact for the gospel, could it be that sometimes he felt that thickness in his throat that was nervous, he was on the edge of saying something, and he didn't say it. And then opportunity went by, and he went, oh, I should have said something. That was what God was doing. And I want to suggest to us, yes, he likely went through that. And that's why he asked for these believers to pray for him to have boldness, not only for God to open doors, but for him to have the courage to go through those doors when they were open. This is what he prays for. And then let's go ahead and read verses 21 through 24, and we'll see a great little point here in the closing verses. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. And so Paul says, I'm going to let you all know how I'm doing. I'm going to give you a report, and he's going to send Tychicus to them. This is a man that is described in the Holy Bible in this way. He is a beloved brother, and he's a faithful minister. Can I suggest to you that when you make it to the end of your time and you're standing before God, and so I'm talking to folks that are saved here, you're on your way to heaven, we will stand in judgment, we'll be judged for our good works. If you're standing before God and he's looking at your life all laid out there, this small little time that we have in this world and he's looking at all of that, I want to suggest to you that if you get described as a faithful minister or a beloved brother or beloved sister, you might hold your head a little bit higher. You might be pleased with that description. What he's saying there is this is, an, is this is an individual who had ran the race well. You can stand before God and hear something like that, which would mean I did well for my Savior. Is there anything better than hearing that? I did well for my Savior. As much as he gave to me, I did well in return, in giving back to him, I fought the good fight. And beautifully, Tychicus here has his name recorded for all eternity because God's word is never going away. It was recorded at one point, but it's never going to disappear. And I'm sure when we get to heaven and get to talk to this guy, he's not going to have a head that's so big and swelled because of this. You know what he's going to be doing? He's going to be saying it was all for Jesus. Any rewards that he, that he gets, he's going to be casting them back at Jesus' feet. How beautiful. What a great way for Paul to end this book. All right, what can we do? I'm going to give you three more very practical things that you can do. You're going to have to overcome some obstacles if you want to be called good and faithful. 
So what are some of these obstacles? What can you do? First of all, you need to overcome fear by prayer. You and I are going to be afraid sometimes. I think Paul was. I know I am. Possibly you are sometimes. We need to overcome fear by prayer. And can I get specific and tell you there are two kinds of prayer that come right to my mind. The first kind of prayer is the prayer that comes, comes when you develop a burden. So maybe you're alone. Maybe you're thinking of someone that you're close to and they need Christ. You develop a burden. What can I do? What resources do I have? What will make them listen to me? So you need to pray when you're spending time with God alone when you develop that burden. That's one kind of prayer. The second kind of prayer needs to be when you're in it. All right? Are you good on your feet? I'm not great on my feet. But sometimes I will be praying and something comes up. Pray that God will not only open that door, but that you'll have the courage to go through it, that you'll recognize it and you'll see it. Pray as you're interacting with, interacting with people that might be in need. And as you pray, you're going to see opportunities in vivid color. They're going to be highlighted as you walk throughout your day. Oh, this is what I was asking for. You need to overcome your fear by prayer. Number two, some of us need to overcome our ignorance by knowledge. And when I say some of us, my hand is included here. Overcome your ignorance by knowledge. And I think that this area is something that stops so many people. I'm afraid they're going to ask me something that I don't know the answer to. And the devil loves to get us so worried about this. And you can equip yourselves you can do some study with the resources we have today. You, all the questions that you're afraid of, you can get answers to. I went through my file on evangelism and I came across these notes um, from a gentleman named uh, Scott Smith who represents um, Evangelism Explosion. And he does a workshop for adults that says this. What if they say is a workshop he teaches? Answers to the questions about the Bible, God, evolution, homosexuality, heaven and hell. And if you're like me, you might be wanting to talk to somebody about the gospel, but you're thinking, I hope they don't ask that question. What if they bring up this point here that it seems like, well, Christians are all kind of in this boat here. And so that's against me. Do not be afraid. Allow yourself to be equipped to handle the tough questions. And even if you don't, don't let that stop you. If you are truly, listen, if you are truly convinced that God wants to use you in the Great Commission, then do not let those fears stop you. Another driving factor is going to be when you remember your own testimony. When you remember what God did for you. I had the blessing of meeting with a brother in Christ not too long ago and and I asked the question, well, how did you come to Christ? How did you get saved? And he shared that with me. And I love hearing somebody's story of how they came to Christ. And as he was talking, he started to cry, just tears. And I said, that's beautiful. Maybe you need to be reminded of your story, of what God did for you. And that will give you some courage to step out there the knowledge of what God did for you. And then finally, we need to overcome apathy by realizing 
that it's my responsibility. Overcome, overcome apathy by realizing that it's your responsibility. Here's something extremely practical. I, I, it's, it's, just, it's down to earth. It applies to everybody. It's not rocket science, okay? If something is constantly before you, then you're going to be thinking about it on a regular basis. But if you take something and you put it where you can't see it, if you take something where it's out of sight, then it's also going to be out of mind. And we can get very practical about the gospel with this. I mentioned that resource earlier. We have so many. This is one of the best gospel tracts that I've ever come across. We have hundreds of these available. You can take them. We've got some for kids that are available. God's bridge to eternal life. We've got some that are very, very sharp looking, like this one here. And then we've even got DVDs. We have many, many of these Billy Graham DVDs. Take them and give them out to somebody. They explain the gospel so, so well. We gave these out um, at our booth at Lapeer Days this past year to anybody um, that we connected with about the gospel. And then I've got one more resource that I want to close by talking to you about. And I want to share with you just a recent experience that I had. Because just as I'm challenging you to pray about these things in your quiet time, and then to pray about them as you're out in the world, I had that opportunity recently. And I only share this with you as a blessing and as an encouragement. I don't know if anything will come of it or not. But I was out in a recent store, uh, out recently in a store in the community, and I was making a purchase there, interacting with a manager uh, for quite some time. Now, if you're looking for some kind of a connector to talk to somebody, I have just accepted the fact that I work at a church. I'm a pastor. So sometimes that's going to put people on guard right away. It puts some of you guys on guard right away, honestly. And sometimes that opens up some doors. I mentioned it not too long ago and somebody said, oh, you're a pastor? Man, I just saw Jesus Christ Superstar. Wow. And I was thinking, I haven't seen it. I don't think I'm going to. But I didn't tell him that. Sometimes it opens up doors. And I will ask a question that I think is acceptable um, in, the, in the day we live in, in the place we live in. I say, well, where do you go to church at? That's what I oftentimes ask. And sometimes folks say, I've never gone to church. Don't have any use for it. Sometimes it'll come out right away. All them places are the same. So where are they coming from? Maybe you'll hear somebody say this. Oh, you know, I went to church, but I stopped a few years ago because of... And can I just encourage you to remember at that point you have two ears and one mouth. And so listen to individuals and be praying about what God might have you say. But Sometimes you're going to need some kind of an inroad. I was talking with this manager at this store and I said, where do you go to church at? And he said, well, my wife goes to this church here. And he named one in the next town over. And he said, she likes me to go with her, but I like to golf on Sundays, is what I said. Now, when I said when something is out of sight, it's out of mind, that's the truth. I grabbed, I've heard two times, two times in the past month, I've heard somebody talking, saying the best gospel witness that you can give is the gospel of John. And I had some of these copies of the Gospel of John put out by the Billy Graham Association and it's mixed with a book called Living in Christ. And I had these in my car. And so I've been praying about this and he said that. My wife likes me to go with her but I like to golf on Sundays. So I said, hang on right here. And I ran out to my car and I grabbed one of these at a stack in my back seat. And I went and I brought him one and I said, now, next time somebody asks you on Sunday what you were doing and you say, well, I didn't go to church, you can say, but... I had a little Gospel of John that I was reading. 
And I explained to him, this comes from the Billy Graham Association. I think association with something is going to be helpful. Most people these days know who Billy Graham is in our community. That's why these DVDs are a hot item right now. He just died in the past year. People saw that in the national news. They might watch that. People are wondering where you're coming from. If you say, this is put out by the Billy Graham Association, that's going to be very acceptable to a lot of people. It's got the Gospel of John and a plan to read through it in 30 days and also has the plan of salvation. And it's got some beautiful lessons that are in there. And I gave it to him. And then I was going back a couple days later. And as I was walking in the door, here's what he did. He, said, he saw me coming and he went, hey! And he grabbed this and set it right there just like that. He said, you thought I was going to throw it away, didn't you? That's exactly what he said to me. You thought I was going to throw it away. I think the Gospel of John's a great resource to give. Maybe one of those booklets, maybe a DVD or a gospel track. Here's my point. Don't get too stuck on a trend, okay? What's never going to go away? What will never go away is that God has given every one of his children the great commission. What does that look like for you? I don't know. It might mean getting crazy involved in missions. It might mean teaching young people the gospel or adults the gospel. It might mean being bold, sharing your faith. I don't know. But I welcome your stories. I welcome for those who have had a change in their life to come and say, this is what penetrating words and courage looked like for me this past week. And I don't know what will come from it. But I know that I've been faithful and I've been obedient. The Apostle Paul tells us in the first three chapters, this is what you are in God. In the last three chapters, he says, this is how you live it. And he closes with this prayer request. Would you pray for me that I would have opportunity to share and that I would have the courage to share? And I would leave that with you as we leave our time studying Ephesians. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do look to you be faithful in what you have said would you allow us to come with boldness as we would quote the scripture back to you the things that you have said we praise you for the holy spirit i thank you for that pulling for some people that are here that pulling is so strong sometimes that we we should say this sometimes it's a subtle nudge and we need to pay attention to that but god would you allow us to be very clearly understanding that you have given us the Holy Spirit, to do a beautiful work and you expect us to do our part as well and be faithful. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm gonna ask you just to pray. Maybe God's laid something specific on your heart. There's no doubt that when we come to Sundays, it is regular that I want to give anyone the chance that's never accepted Christ as their Savior a chance to pray. It might be a prayer that you've never prayed before. It might be one that you have prayed before, but you didn't mean it from your heart before. Simply understanding that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and asking him to forgive you and make you his child. This is the first step. I'm gonna ask Ron to play through a stanza on the piano and maybe you're here today and you've never decided to be saved. You can do that even while the music plays. Ask God to save you. Maybe you're here today and God's laid something else on your heart There's been a pull. Talk to God about that right now.